0: Welcome to the Go All In Podcast, I'm your host Robert Bruss and today on the show we have a returning guest, Demetrius Thigpen. I'm excited to have Mitch back on the show today to talk about the book that he's just released and it's called The Extraordinary Thought from an Ordinary Mind. Let's get started. Oh, good day everyone. How goes it in your part of the world? Things have taken a, a little bit of a turn for, a, for the worst here in Australia with the folks in Melbourne and in Victoria right back into a, a six-week hard lockdown as of today in fact that I'm recording this uh, podcast. Uh, I can tell the mood of the country is pretty somber uh, when you turn the news on. All of the anchors and reporters uh, seem pretty down about it all. It's uh, not so good and I think that everyone just had about enough of this damn pandemic and the coronavirus and they've had enough of the Chinese Communist Party that have caused it all. Um, People are just fed up with it. For me personally, I've been using this time to further my personal development. I don't know about you. I've been reading a bunch of books, learning lots and lots of new things and I've been trying to make the most of this difficult and challenging situation that we all face I've been lucky enough also to have been invited to run a new startup where we'll be recruiting and employing lots of people. Uh, That's going to be a great thing in this uh, downturned and depressed economy. Who would have thought you'd be in the middle of a startup running something um, in the middle of a pandemic? That's certainly something that I never anticipated. And I think the driving factor for me wanting to get involved in that is the underlying opportunity to employ uh, lots and lots of people Uh, Things are changing in all countries and all parts of the world. And here in Australia, uh, the economy is changing and we are in a recession. Um, So any opportunity that I can get to help us out of that by employing some more people, I'll take that uh, straight away. I don't even have to think twice about doing that. It's going to be a lot of work, um, but I've been in the startup space for a long time. And I don't mind uh, rolling my sleeves up and Uh, getting a bit of grease under my fingernails in the process either that's not a not a problem for me so long as we can help out some people and get them recruited and employed so more on that uh, in some upcoming podcasts as well As a little escape from the madness of this pandemic and this crazy world that we're all living in, we have a really great guest for you today. In fact, our guest, Meach is a returning guest. He's back from episode 109. Uh, Last time we spoke, I really enjoyed our conversation, and I think his mindset and his beliefs and his thought process were so reflective of mine, and I think that's born out of the fact that both of us, uh, well, I was in the military and Meach still is, um... You know, I think that's just the underlying thing that we have going on there, even though we were in different services and we're in different countries. Mitch is a US Marine. He's a martial arts combat instructor, and he's the host of his own podcast. And now he's a author as well. Mitch released his first book earlier this week called The Extraordinary Thought from an Ordinary Mind. And that's what we're going to be discussing on today's podcast. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome to The Goal In Show. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. We love our repeat offenders here at The Goal In Podcast. Before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there as well. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and a little bit of Goal In love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and your family. Meach has an important message to share, and if we can help just one person to break through their barriers and get unstuck, then we would have done our job here on the show today. Alrighty, let's get into this one. As regular listeners of the show would know, I love talking to and interviewing fellow service members. You might have heard the saying before that there's no such thing as an ex-soldier. And it's absolutely true. No matter what you do after your time in the military, the training, what you learn, the mindset they teach you and the experiences that you have stick with you for the rest of your life. Sometimes these things would rather have been forgotten or maybe not experienced at all. But for the most part, what you learn sets you up really well and it gives you the ability to learn just about anything that you put your mind to. People ask me all the time, what's the, what's the best skill that you learned when you, from the military that you took away? And the greatest skill that I took away was the mindset and the ability to learn how to do something. Those skills transferred well into the entrepreneurial world where you have to be really adaptable. You gotta be flexible and change at a moment's notice. So because of what I learned, the foundation piece of that mindset and the ability to learn how to do something, nothing really bothers me in business because of that mindset. And I do know that that's a great trait to have taken away from the military. Now, if you haven't heard the original interview that we did with Mitch, just pop on back uh, over to episode 109 and you can check it out over there. On today's show, we're going to be covering his book and talk about the process of writing it and some of the headline topics as well. And if you haven't heard episode 109, here's a little bit more background before we get into it. So throughout his service, Meach has faced all sorts of obstacles and he's overcome all types of adversity in the process in the Marines. He's also deployed to several different countries in support of Operation Enduring Freedom and the Special Purpose Marine Air Ground Task Force. These tours, along with many other challenges, have transformed him into the man he is today. He's a sergeant, a martial arts instructor, trainer with the United States Marine Corps, and Mitch has had the privilege to have trained, led, guided, and mentor mentor fellow Marines as well. Meech is also the host of his own podcast, and I encourage you to check that out as well. The links are right here in the show notes. uh, As you're having listening in, just take a little peek at your phone and you'll find it there. His show is called Extraordinary Thoughts for the Ordinary Mind, and it's a podcast dedicated to help us to become a better version of ourselves and to become the version that we were destined to be. As you'll hear, Meech is on a mission to empower millennials to overcome adversity, strengthen emotional muscles, and become relatable leaders within their communities. I'm excited he's back for another interview. So please help me in welcoming Demetrius Thigbett. Beach, good day, mate. Welcome back to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's that ordinary podcast with the extraordinary thoughts that tells you to stop being going to be extraordinary. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that I made it back to the Go All In podcast. And I'm, I'm happy to be here, brother. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me back.
0: Well, mate, uh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, last time we spoke, I, I think we hit it off. Uh, I had a really good time on the podcast with you last time. And um, it was a reminder to me that uh, it doesn't matter uh, what military you're in, what part of the world you're in, we all, we all come out of the same factory. And um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of your podcast and I'm a supporter of what you're doing. and I'm proud of you, man. You've re- you've released your first book, and I want to talk about that today here on the podcast and the Goal In
1: Show. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just like bringing it all full spectrum. I feel like I'm just still like simmering in the idea that author is now associated with my name. Like I never really thought that I was ever going to be an author, and here I am now published, and I just can't
0: believe. It. Yeah, it's awesome, man, and, and congratulations on that. Before we get into the the topic and the headlines within the book and talk about that, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the process because I know that. Um, committing to write a book is a big thing. That is a go-all-in moment right there to uh, make a decision to do that. And I know personally, my experience of that has been, yeah, I want to write a book. I'll sit down and get started and do that. And then when you get going with that, you realize just how difficult that topic is. So for the budding authors that are out there listening and watching this podcast, uh, I'm sure you'll get a, a little bit of uh insider knowledge on what the process was was like. I wanted to start off by asking you why did why did you want to write a book of all the things that you could do with media and technology these days? You picked the
1: hardest thing to do. Why did you want to do that? You know, it really comes back to my brother. And my oldest brother, like I remember I was I was on the roster for this event for and there was a couple of speakers. And he I sent it to him, I was like, yo, look, I'm on the roster with these speakers. I'm excited about the fact that I'm on the roster with speakers. He looks, he sends me a message, he says, what do all of these people have in common that you don't? And at the time, I was thinking to myself, well, I was like, well, they're all women. So, they're all women. That's probably what they have all in common. (laughs) You know, like, I was like, they're all women. And he said, no, each speaker besides you is a published author. We don't, Mm. regardless if they've been in the military, regardless if they've, they've been in the podcast, regardless of anything of that nature, they all have a book associated with their name, and he's like, "You need to start getting that together. You need to step out of your comfort zone in that situation and actually get a book together." And that was one thing that always like resonated within my mind is, is that you need to get a book at some point. You it wasn't you want a book, you need to have a book associated with your name at some point to be immortalized within.
0: And, and how long have you had that idea and you were kind of prompted there by your bro? How long was that idea there for you? Was it a, a year, a couple of months, a few, a few weeks?
1: Was it, has it been bubbling away there for a little while? It's been a year to be honest. And it, and it probably would have took about three years let it have been up to me. And I just really just had a good circle around me that really pushed forward with the idea. Because I'll tell you, I'll just be honest with you. I, reading has never been my strong strongest. It has never been my, my strong, And in fact, when we would have to read in front of like the platoons or anything of that nature, I can assure you right now, any junior marine that laughed when I stuttered was going to have a bad day at that exact moment because I just didn't like reading and I knew exactly when I got in front. I would get nervous. I would get so nervous in front of everybody. So reading wasn't my strong suit and spelling was definitely not. I Google everything that I'm about to say. If we're like we're gonna send a message through text, I'ma Google the word so that way I send it and I don't sound incompetent or ignorant. So, when that book idea came out, that was a year ago when I first started the podcast and I started seeking, but I kept saying to myself, and I always, and this is the thing, I used to make myself look busy, and that's one thing that I really just want everybody to understand. It's not that time is consuming. It's not that you have things to do. You just continue to make yourself look busy, and that's exactly when the book would come up. I would say to myself, like, oh, well, you know, I got to edit the podcast. You know, I'm so busy with that. Oh, when the book would come up, oh, I got to find guests. So. It would just turn into this whole notion of a week. A week turned into a month. A month turned into a year. It would have turned into three years if I just didn't have good people around me pushing.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that it's like tomorrow never comes. You you keep putting that off and and uh, and not getting at it. I've been fortunate in you know in this unfortunate time, and we'll we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast during the pandemic about what it's like where you are here in Australia. I've I've just been lucky that. Um, I guess I'm making my own luck, I suppose, where we've had the extra time. And I was fortunate enough to put my own masterclass together. Oh, congratulations. Um, And in the process, yeah, thank you. And and in the process, I've kind of written a book as well. That's the thing that I need to go and do. And there's no excuse because I've got all the time in the world to do it right. And it's already written. I've just got to piece it together and I'll get a ghostwriter to tidy it up for me and get an editor to fix it like that. But the bones of it are, are there and all the writing's been done. But it was a, a process, you know, each each 20 minute video would take four or five hours worth of work, you know, and it's like a chapter of a book. And you know, the when you when you're on camera delivering something for 20 minutes via a teleprompter, it doesn't seem like a lot of time, but it feels like a lifetime of experience comes to that particular point. It's all coming to that. And everything that I was writing about in a particular topic or headline. I would have these ideas that, that the process and, I, you know, I'd dot point three or four things that I would want to get across. And I, I would refer to some reference material that I had in terms of getting it out there. And I'd watch a bunch of Ted talks. I'd watch four or five Ted talks on the topics, go away, let it kind of permeate a little bit and then come back and just go boom and, and write it. What was, Oh, I'm interested to know, what was your process like? Was it just like writing the headlines and some dot points and just going for it? Or did you have a method to the madness of writing your book? Oh, there's always a method to the madness.
1: And we hear that all the time, especially in the military. You know, there's a method to the madness, I can assure you. I've gotten to the point where, where you know, before I even talk about that, there's no method to this madness. I
2: know that now.
1: <laughs> but true. I think <laughs> the first thing that I did was far as like establishing my chapters was what, what listen to your list you know no pun in, listen to your list the people that are subscribing to your podcast what are their favorite episodes what are the things that resonate the most with them and the same things that resonated with them also resonated with me so the first thing I did was I went down my catalog and I looked at my most popular episodes and the good thing about my most popular episodes is that they were episodes that had already been done so obviously life happened within me since those episodes released, I had a different mindset. I overcame things, I've I've set back, I've gone back to where I used to be in a certain situation. And I was able to take those topics and give a new, and I started really just like breaking everything down because one of them was Find Your Peace. And Find Your Peace was my first episode. And it was my most Mm. popular episode. But when I dropped Find Your Peace, I had not found peace. I was just telling i was I was a lost I was somebody at lost at sea telling everyone else how to find land, but I had not found land yet. So when I finally had got to that episode, I had was able to find peace with the situations that were at bothered. So it was definitely a different experience to be able to write, write that book. And that was the that was more of the situation throughout each chapter. It was a different part of me talking about. It. And I say like one thing that I will say is that during this journey, find someone outside of you. And when I mean outside of you, outside of your inner circle that can actually read the thing and tell you if it's mm. good or bad, because the, the criticism that I was getting was the, was the catalyst to be able to propel me to the next
2: chapter.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's an important, it's an important mechanism to get the feedback. And I think I'm uh, my, my own worst critic in some ways. And, uh, you you really Absolutely. have a bad hab- I have a bad habit of nitpicking myself. Not so much from a writing perspective, but more from an on camera perspective. Like, I will watch it and I can see all the mistakes in it and all the errors in it and where I've gone wrong. And then I'll show it to somebody else and they're like, "No, that's really good. That's not- There's nothing wrong with that." And I'm like, "But didn't you see this, this and this?" And they're like. No, I I was listening to what you're saying. I'm not nitpicking what you're doing with your body language or where you're standing or something like that. It's a it's an interesting process. But in the in doing that, I also got some great feedback as well. And um, you gotta you gotta lower the defenses of your ego a little bit. Like it's okay Absolutely. to get a bit of negative feedback, and it, that's all right. Did you get some negative feedback in the process?
1: Um, I haven't gotten any negative feedback about the book yet, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. But I had to learn was to be my best critic, because just like you, I'm my worst critic. I'm, I didn't start listening. I, to be honest with you, I didn't start listening to my podcast until about like two months ago. Like I started to mm-hmm. actually listen to my podcast, you know, and not, yeah. in the, not in the editor's ears, not with editor's ears, but with a listener's ear, because I would hear my podcast and be like, you're talking too fast. Oh, I can't believe that you, you took that breath at that moment right there. What's with the pauses? What were you doing? are you really going to do that right now? Because I would do that. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you're doing that, you're nitpicking yourself and pulling yourself apart. And yeah. to save the episodes, I would never listen to my own episodes because I knew that if I heard them and I didn't like it, I would pull it. And I knew that because I had the ability to. So somebody actually told me, they was like, you don't listen. It was like, what's your favorite podcast? And I was like, I don't listen to podcasts. And it was like, you're a podcaster. And I was like... <laughs> Okay, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's a there's a fry cook that's a vegan. I'm pretty sure. And Mm -hmm. I actually had to start listening to my own to become a better critic. And by listening to myself and actually hearing what I had to say, I was like, okay, I like that. I like what I just said right there. And because I liked what I said, I was like, all right, but I would add a little bit more with this and be able to just evolve with advice, cut it at its legs and stop it from itself.
0: Yeah, beautifully said, beautifully said. One of the things that I learned in the process of creating my masterclass was um, I had much more to say than what I actually originally thought. Uh, There was a, I I would, I created a a headline, a topic, and then there was in some modules of the masterclass, there's three or four videos. And as I started going, I felt like there was some rules around it. You know, it should only have two or three videos or one video whatever. And I was like, you know what, there's no rules. It's my masterclass. It can have as many videos as it wants and I can put as much stuff in there as I, as I want. And after it's been finished, I've been done for a couple of weeks now, I've looked back at it and thought, oh, I can go back and add this to it and I can add some more to it and I can create a, a new iteration of it. And I, I said to you just off air, just before we kicked off this show is I felt like you had way more to give. There's way more in you than that. And it's the same feeling that I had with the masterclass. You know, I've got the topic in there. The videos are recorded. Everything's done. I have got it all out of my head. But I reckon I could go back and add another bit, an Absolutely. extra value and a little bit more like that. So it's a bit of an addictive thing, isn't it? Once you get going with that content creation and you've, you've kind of broken through that initial barrier, there's more to be done. How does that feel
1: for you? Absolutely. And, and you know, it just hit me this week since the book has released. I was reading the book, and before the chapter even ended, I sat back and I was saying to myself, like, oh, man, I wish I would have added that. Oh, I wish I would have yeah. talked more about it. There's a topic in the book that I wish I would have dove a little bit more deeper into because it was just, I was like, oh, man, I, I bet if I would have talked about the other spectrum on this end, oh, that would have been real good to add to the chapter. And, I, and that's one thing that, that, that motivates me because it makes me want to do a part two. It makes me want to do mm-hmm. another project like that because there's just so much. And that's probably why I did the book and then the audio book later, because I know when I do the audio book, there's going to be points where I'm just going to talk about, where I was like, I wish I would have added this in the beginning, but here we are again with a separate project, adding more into it. And I do that with my episodes all the time. Like I'll listen to an episode. I'm like, oh yeah, you're getting a part two. You're going to get a part two.
0: (laughs) Well, you got a part two on the Go All In Show. You're back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it worked it was worth another it was worth another revisit and ah, i was looking back through the list of guests that i've had absolutely. recently there's another one of my guests she actually released her book as well it's called the albino chameleon and i've got a copy of it and i've read it and i, I read it cover to cover actually um and i went back and wrote a few notes in it and i thought oh, i've got to get Kirsty on the show and make that happen as well so uh, she'll be a returning guest in the next couple of weeks as well Kirsty, if you're listening you'll be uh, getting an invite sh- shortly so all good The last question I wanted to ask you about the process of um, writing a book before we actually get into it and and talk about the topics was, what is it that you learn about yourself in doing that and getting that content out of your head and onto paper and putting it out there in the public? What did you learn about yourself? I can
1: actually
2: write. You can do it. It can
1: be done. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) wide-eyed. You know, and I say that so wide-eyed and so surprised because- You know, just like what we said earlier, like you're your own horse critic. And I'll tell you right now, if you ever asked me to write a letter to myself, it it wouldn't be a good letter. If you ever asked me to talk about my uh, humble, meekest way possible. And that's exactly how I approached that book. I wrote the book, yeah. But if somebody else didn't read it and say, wow, this is, you, you know, wow, I can't believe you wrote this. This is good. I probably would have stopped at chapter one because I didn't think it was powerful. And that's one thing that I learned is that, you know, it's it's imagine being it, it's it's like when Superman finally came to Earth. That's it right there. See on Krypton, everybody is Superman. You know what I mean? Like everybody's Superman. They have the exact yep. same power. So everybody is normal in a sense. So nobody's ever gonna think that they're extraordinary, nor will they ever think that they're anything above or less than what they are right now. But when Superman came to Earth, his his abilities from Krypton added in with the sun put him way above humans on that planet. And that's exactly what it felt like when I wrote that book. It was for the longest, I was my worst enemy. I was my best, crit. I was my worst critic. And I used to put myself down. But in reality, when I took these words and actually put them onto a paper, they were just as powerful as they were saying. I had actually unlocked another, I'm a fighter by trade, you know, and it's just learning like a style of fighting and although one style may be good this one is just ads and it, it definitely was uh, a a refreshing experience and, and definitely it, it was very surprising for myself honestly
0: yeah it's nice it's uh, it's it's great to hear the the personal growth that you go through in these when you when you produce something like that is is really good and if you're listening to this or or watching this i'd really encourage you if you if you have a book in you or you want to write something and you want to get it out just just get going and just get started because don't worry about all the things that are blocking you and move all your excuses out of the way because it's a really liberating process once you get it out there and, and make that happen. Someone asked me the other day, now that you've done your masterclass, what's next, Rob? What are you going to do next? And I was like, well, I guess I've got a, I've got a couple of other courses in there. I'm going to turn it into a 30 day challenge. I'm going to add some modules to it. There's a bunch of other things that are going, you know, just because. That's been done. It doesn't mean it's finished. You know, that's just actually the beginning, really. Well, I wanted to um to get into the book now and just talk about a couple of those topics and and just uh, learn about your thinking and your thought process around those things because there's quite a few things in there that I'd never heard before, which is really cool because they're your versions of it as well, which <laughs> I really like. And there's some great headlines in there as well, and you got some things that I can really relate to as well, especially from the in mindset and all of that stuff that I teach, and also from the military aspect of it that i that I like. But you kick off the book by telling a story about running an obstacle course and things not going as well as uh, as they could be. But you talk about keeping that same energy. and I really love that. i, I, I you start off by saying that that's actually a, a common phrase, and but I've never actually heard that before if if someone's never heard that like me before, maybe you could just like dive in there and give us a bit of an explanation about keeping that same energy
1: because it's really cool. I really like the way you described it. He's actually one of my closest friends, and he's from New York, from the Bronx. And I remember we were having a conversation. We were going back, you know how two alpha males have a conversation. And he said, You know, you better keep that exact same energy when you see me. And I was like, And it's stuck. You know, keep that same energy. And what it means is to ensure that you have the exact same energy that you had prior to before you found out whatever the circumstances were. So if you said that you were going to do this, ensure that you have that exact same energy when you get there, regardless if it's too much or too less for you. If you said you were going to do it, you're going to have to do it. And I ended up adopting that and utilizing that within my life. I would tell my junior Marines that. hey, you know, keep that exact same energy. You know, you say that you want to be successful. Now it's time to be successful. Just because you got a little bit of adversity here, that don't mean that this is supposed to stop the train. And when we go back, especially in that topic right there, in that chapter, now I I wanted to put that at the back because nobody really wants to put their failures right in the beginning of it. But on (laughs) that day, I actually had to keep that exact same. I didn't want to, I didn't really want to, you know, it actually took a lot for me to actually put that chapter in there because a lot of people know about it. And Mm. on that day, I actually had to keep that exact same minute. Now, for those who don't know, I'm a martial arts instructor trainer. I teach military combatants. And one thing that we do a lot of is go through our obstacles. The obstacle course has 13 events and I've mastered on in some form or fact. And I know that may, you know, and I'm just proficient within my craft. And, and because of the many victories and just being good at something, you develop a little bit of confidence. You develop a little bit of arrogance with it. So on that time right there, we had an event. You know what I'm talking about. Like when you've been doing something for so long, you know you could just easily do it. And on this day right here, we have to compete with another, with a couple of other battalions. They read off the name. My name wasn't called. I don't like to be bothered with, you know, regular people things. That's what I would call it at the time. I used to say regular people things. But I was kind of blown away because I wasn't mentioned. So naturally, I said, well, how y'all not going to have the best person on the team on the team? I felt on there with promises that I would carry them to victory. And just like it, it was March 3rd. It was one of the coldest days in North Carolina. So cold, I couldn't even feel my face. And they go to buzzer off. I go through the first obstacle. So fast that I didn't even realize that I was already past the first obstacle until we were on the second and third. I get to going. I lose my foot in the, just a little bit, just a little bit. But once again, these regular people problems. Don't rush greatness. And, you know, I get back up there. Now, at the very end of that obstacle, the mark that you're done is the ropes, And the ropes are about 13 feet off the ground. All you got to do is climb the ropes. That's a simple task. I could climb a rope. I could come do some pull up burpees in between. But for some reason, I don't know. Maybe it was my arms. Maybe they got the malfunctioning. Maybe it was my grip strength. But once I got to that rope, I started climbing. And I got halfway there. And for some reason, my, my, my arms, they just wouldn't work no more. So I came back down. Once again, these regular people problems. Let me go ahead. Let me shake my arms out because I'm above this. Let me go ahead and get up there. But I can't. I can't get up there. The guy that I'm competing with, because you know, this is a relay race. He can't get up the rope. All I have to is the rope and we win. But I can't. My Marines are out there. Matter of fact, my battalion is out there. Everybody knows what I do and who I am. But for some reason, what I do and who I am are not matching. And I can't get up this rope. And just like that, I got my entire battalion disqualified from that event. When they caught that buzzer, I was so when they called that buzzer, I was so broken down because I was embarrassed. My Marines were out there. You know what I'm talking about? Or your, your parents show up to your game and y'all lose. I lead these Marines. I learn from them and they learn from me. We grow together. I'm their squad leader. I'm supposed to lead by example, yet I fail in front of them. I had to hurry up, I had to hurry up and get out of there. And but to be honest with you, I was actually crying. I cried. And I was about to light a cigarette. And as I was getting ready to light that cigarette, I get a knock at my window. And it was one of the other instructors that I teach with. And he was real cool about it. He looked at me and he said, look, I know you are going through a lot right now. But you have your moment. But when you are done, understand that your Marines are out there. And they're waiting for you to get up that rope. And the reason why they waited out there for me was because I have always told them to keep that same energy, regardless of whatever the situation is. How bad it gets, you got to stick it out. One thing that we ain't going to start doing is we ain't going to start quitting. And one thing I can't stand is a quitter. All right? and, and, and I tell my Marines that, I said, how you going to start something and then you quit? See, that's a habit that now you have adopted. You always going to be a quitter now that you do. It. So they waited there for me. And I'm going to tell you right now, I sat in my car, and it was so easy. And I really want to take this moment right here and say that it's so easy for us to avoid situations, especially if you got a little bit of leadership up under you. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's so easy, just like what I mentioned earlier, to make yourself busy all of a sudden. You know, I can't go there. I got to go somewhere else. Oh, well, you know, I can't go back to the ropes because they need me at the shop now. I sat in that car, and I tried to make myself busy. I really did. But my Marines, they were there. And I was faced with a decision. Either I go back out there in front of my entire battalion, in front of all my Marines, and continue to try up that rope, or I get in that car and I drive home. I had no choice. I got out of the car. I walked back out there. And for the next two hours, I spent climbing. I'm talking about my arms. They were swollen. My hands, they started to blister, and the blisters would rip, and it would just be blood all up and down the ropes. But I had to keep this expression on me, though, because I'm, I'm leading Marines. Regardless of the situation, we're not going to start showing weakness because things don't work out in your favor. We ain't about to start quitting because these things ain't going to work out in your favor. Keep that exact same energy. I even told him, I said, I'm going to stay out here until we go up. And that's exactly what I, I did. You know, and I really wanted to take a moment and just say that when you got good people around you, not only where they would influence you, not only will they support you, but they will stand by you. And when I came back, I felt like I had embarrassed my Marines so bad that I wasn't worthy of, being, of leading them anymore. And I remember trying to step down from my leadership position. And One of my Marines stepped in. And he said, hey, look, sir, I get it. This is a big deal to you. This is really a big deal to you. But we ain't asking you to step down. OK, it ain't that serious. We don't need you to step down. You over exaggerating again. And it, he said it, but in the reality, I really want to just take a moment and just say thank you because that's how much fidelity, that's how much confidence they actually had in me and how proud they were, that I stayed out there. But at the same time, I'm not about, they're not about to just give up on me. And that's one thing that we tend to do is that we always create these circumstances and these situations. Oh, everybody's mad at me. Nobody's mad at you. You're just mad at you. Oh, nobody no. wants to be around. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you know, I can't face them. No, you can face them. You just don't want to face them. And that's exactly what I end up. With. I can tire someone that let down and stuff. My Maria's were so proud of me for staying out there and still doing. And that's what it means to actually keep that exact same minute. Yeah, it's a
0: beautiful, uh, It's a, it's a great story. It's a great story of overcoming adversity just in everyday life and just in. Uh, just in life in general, really. I had a after I read that, and it's great to hear you share that story. So thank you for that as well. It's like beautifully described. I had a very similar experience in the army as well. I was the uh, the physical training instructor for my platoon. I was not like a martial arts instructor, but I was the PT instructor, and I would take PT every day uh, for the platoon and um, do that. So everybody knew who I was. And while I wasn't the fittest guy in the platoon, I would I was still pretty competent at almost everything like I could I wouldn't be able to beat the fastest runners or but I could outswim everybody I was, the, I was certainly the better swimmer of everybody that was there um, and there's a bunch of other things that I was really good at and one particular time we went on an exercise we we deployed up to uh, the Gold Coast to a place called Canungra in the Jungle Warfare School and you, it's real old school stuff. It's like this Vietnam style training, amazing training facility where <laughs> you live in this uh, you live in this camp. It's like real old school nineteen eighties, nineteen seventies infantry stuff, and you would patrol. It's like a patrol base. You go out on patrols there and you would do different activities through the day, like the cadre and the and the school there would teach you how to be a tracker and they would teach you, you know, how to fire and move in the jungle, how to patrol in the jungle, all these sorts of things. But it's a really hilly area um, and there's some big, big hills. And we'd got there and one of the first things that we were supposed to do. So the day we arrived, cause we are we'd, we'd driven up from Sydney. It was a long drive. So they kind of let us settle in the next day. Um, we were to go and do a, a, like a fifteen-kilometer march, and I was like, "Yeah, no worries, I'm I'm all good." And the next morning, when we were due to do that, um, I woke up and I was so sick. Um, I had a cold. I think I I think I had more than a cold. I think I actually had a flu. And I was putting my my stuff in my pack, and the platoon sergeant's oh. out the front weighing everybody's pack to make sure that you've got all the right equipment and you're not cheating. You're doing all the right things. And the, I think that 30 kilos that I put in my pack felt like about 150 kilos because I was unwell. And the minute we stepped off, I was like, oh, my God, I'm just like really sick. And as soon as the the first incline hit, you know, no matter what I did, like I couldn't keep up and I was really unwell. And I don't really remember much of it, but I do remember my mates – got to the top of this really big hill and they turned around and they were walking past me. It was like, I was being lapped on, on this track. (laughs) And they were, like, you know, yeah, the the big tough PDI, I can't even handle a little pack March. Hey. Mm
2: -hmm. And I was so
0: embarrassed. I was like, it's probably the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me professionally. And it's like you said, you know, like nobody else cares. You're only like, you're your own worst critic. You're, you're cranky with yourself nobody else is cranky with you like they all knew that i was unwell they could see that i was sick they could see they knew that i had a flu and i had a cold i wasn't i wasn't right but i was so professionally embarrassed and i, I remember after just kind of lying down for the rest of that day and and getting better pretty quickly and coming back out cuz i didn't want to miss the training because it was so you know it's such a great opportunity it's a cool place to be and joining them all and they're like oh you're feeling better is everything okay you good you're you're all good they were all really nice about it nobody was like oh you idiot we're not going to listen to you anymore and stuff like that and um, it was a really interesting experience to feel that level of embarrassment and that level of um, it's not shame I'm just like I feel like I let everybody down and I felt like such an imposter to it but nobody nobody actually
1: thought that about me it was all in my head 100% of it was in my head absolutely absolute thing is that you know, especially when we're placed in those leadership positions, we put ourselves, we hold ourselves accountable. And that's the thing right there is that a lot of people, don't. they always say like, oh, you got to hold yourself accountable, hold, hold, you know, hold everybody else accountable. But the thing is that in order to hold anyone accountable, you also have to hold yourself accountable. And when mm-hmm. you end up holding yourself accountable, you end up taking yourself way too serious. And you end <laughs> up, you know what I mean? Yeah, dead rot. Right. Is yeah, that? Dead rot. Right. You know, you don't allow yourself to be able to make mistakes. You don't allow yourself to be human. And that was one thing I had to stop allowing myself to do, is that I can be human when I'm not around my Marines yet. But when I'm around them, I have to be the sergeant. I have to be the martial arts instructor. I have to be that guy. And when it did not happen, I was crushed. And I feel like the one person I probably let down the most, I ended up calling my brother that day and calling Mm -hmm. myself a Fraud. I said I was a charlatan. I said I don't deserve this. I was crying, hmm. and he had to calm me down. Like he had to, like it's okay, relax. I didn't even go back to my own shop. I was so embarrassed.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting thing that happens, isn't it? And everyone's like, "What are you making such a big deal about it?" It's not a not a big deal. One of the chapters Absolutely. you got in in the book there that I, I really like, and it's a it's a topic. It's part of the masterclass that I created um, is about adversity. Um, and when you, I think when you get exposed to the jobs that like you're in and the job that I was in and as an entrepreneur now as well, I, I feel like I face more adversity now on a day-to-day basis than I ever did when I was in the military. It's just not in the I same did. way, but you, you deal with more problems in a, in a different way. And it, and some days it feels like I'm just going from bushfire to bushfire, and I'm, I'm putting out a fire here and a fire there, and this customer's unhappy, and this thing's not working, and projects are not coming together, or whatever's going wrong. It just feels like a constant process of, um, of, of adversity, and what I discovered was adversity is actually your advantage, and you can use adversity as, as fuel, and I wanted to ask you what your views on, on that were as well, because you've written about that in your book.
1: I'm still learning. About adversity, but the one thing that I did learn was that adversity was never the end. It was the teacher, and just look at adversity as anything that is out of the norm is going to be adverse force, and and, and, and as it's supposed to be. We're not. We didn't come in as the lead instructor. We didn't come in as the top guy. I'm assumed that the number one NBA player, number one basketball player, number one football player not enter the league as the number 1. They have to work their way up. You know what I mean? But we forget that piece right there. That little piece right there, that middle ground. And we automatically assume that if it does not work the first time that we do it, then we must not really be good at it. You know what I mean? Like if it doesn't work the first time, the second time, providing too much difficulty first. And sometimes the problem is, is that we don't learn from our adversities. We don't grow from our adversity. Adversity is not a stopping point. It's a check. And it's supposed to provide you with some form of reality to let you know, like, hey, you have a lot of growing to do. And one thing that I have faced throughout my entire military career is some form of adversity. I'm going to. And it's natural because every time that I try to grow and step out of my comfort zone, in order to expand your comfort zone, you've got to conquer some adversity. And that's the thing. But the problem the time is, times as much for me. I'm going to go back to my comfort zone. Everything is easier. I can do it this but One thing that I learned is that a fish is only gonna grow as big as the tank that's in. A plant will only grow as it's in. And that pot, that tank is our comfort zone. I, I'm a father, your father, I'm a father. And I love the fact that although I had a lot of deployments, I was always there for this one key moment right here. And that was to see my children walk. And I remember mm. seeing them. You know, they take a couple of steps, boom, right on their face they go. Take a couple of steps, boom, right on their face, they go. Sometimes we help them back up and we let them keep going. Sometimes they've learned it all on their own and all you see is just boom, right on their face. But the thing about it is, I don't care how many times they fall on their face. What they do is, is that they look at how far they have come. And that's exactly what we need to do. Let me rephrase. That's what we need to remember to do. Because we've always done it. We've been doing it since our existence. We fall on our face. We get up. Take a look back. I got a little further this time. But over time, we start looking at adversity as if it was the bad guy. And now every time we fall on our face, we won't say, what well, was me? But in reality is, is that we're a trial and error race. Perfection is not in the contract, although we strive for it. It's not. We're supposed to make mistakes. And each time that you face some form of adversity, you need to take a step back and ask yourself, Anchor. I came pretty far this time around. Mm. Well, I love,
0: I love how you say that failure is not a stopping point; it's just a, a checkpoint. I always say that failure is feedback, um, and it's oh, I love that. Yeah, it's moving you forward, right? It's keeping you move forward. You have got a really uh, cool piece in the book there about recharge, refocus, and restart, and I love that. One of the things that I uh, that I created in my masterclass was uh, a release routine and a refocus routine, and it's really born out of Um, How athletes do that in sport. Uh, When you see a cricket player step up to the crease or you see a baseball player step up and, you know, they, they swing and they miss, you know, you know, professional athlete recognizes that they're not going to win every play, but they also recognize that not every play needs to go their way. So, they have a way that when something's going their way that they have a release routine. And I created like a traffic light system. So uh, a red light, a yellow light and a green light, And a a green light means you're in total control. You've got total focus of what's happening and you know exactly what's going on. A red light means you're totally out of control and somebody else is controlling the circumstance and it's not working for you. And the sports analogy works beautifully across life, actually. And it works well in your day-to-day where I can sort of, if I feel a little bit of adversity coming on, then I can just ask myself, hey, where am I, am I in a green light or a red light, or am I in a yellow light where I'm leaning a bit towards the red, where I feel like I'm losing control, and I'm about to lose control, and I'm like, ah, and that can happen different ways, you know, emotionally it can it can come out in different, uh, different forms. But I really enjoyed the process of uh, iterating with that and thinking about that process, but also creating a release routine. And when you watch athletes, you watch professional athletes, They lose a point or something doesn't go their way. They have a a release routine where they recognize that they're in the red side of a yellow light or maybe in a red light and they, they release it, you know, and, and nine times out of 10, it's got to do with their breath. You know, when you watch a tennis player who lost a point, a critical point throughout a game, and then they, the ball comes back to them, they're bouncing the ball. You watch them look at a certain part of the stand. They look back at the ball while they're bouncing it. They look up up at the player they're about to serve to, take a deep breath, and then bang, they serve the ball. May miss, fault. They go and they release, take a breath, get another ball, bounce the ball again, look at that same point in the grandstand, go again like that. And I love that you've got recharge, refocus, and restart in there. Can you talk to that a little bit about your version of that? That's I've given you my sort of, you know, top line iteration of it. I've got a little <laughs> bit more depth than that. That's in the masterclass, of course. But uh, I'd love to hear your version too.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Recharge, retract, refocus. One thing that I and we've all done it. We've all done it, especially being in the military. We've worked through child. We've stayed late. We've came in, and we don't realize how much of a toll that really takes on us until it actually starts taking a toll. Yeah. And sometimes. We even put our families second to the mission and especially to the people under our travel to do. We'll say, hey, you know, I'm staying late, you know, I'm gonna miss dinner. Or hey, I gotta be up early because you know, hey, if somebody ain't gonna do it, they, you know, somebody ain't gonna do it, it has to be me. But this is the thing, mm-hmm. though, is that just like how we're doing this right now, just how we wake up in the morning, we all have phones. And our phones can be media, they can be GPS. I mean, we all have a smart computer within our pockets, and it's crazy how far technology has come. But the thing is is that that phone's battery dies out, and so does ours. But we won't realize that our battery dies out until it's actually too late. And just like what you mentioned, you know, that green light, that yellow light, that red light. We wake up, we in the green. We get to work, we still in the green. By the time child come, we start to dwindle into the yellow. Well, maybe we might make it into the green until, you know, it's Monday. So here we are in the yellow on Wednesday. And then here comes Friday with the exact same type of routine. We're probably in the red. We're drained. We're ready for the weekend. We need to recharge. And when your battery starts to die out, these little things start to happen. You know, we go off or we explode on everyone over minuscule things. You know, the tiny little thing that really didn't have, that really wouldn't have broken through the defense. Now our defenses are already been weakened from constant use now we're blowing up on somebody we have to retract we have to retract and when we retract we're able to recharge and when I tell people to retract stop take stop working through your lunch you know like like it took me 10 years of military service to finally realize stop working through your child unless 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 you're in a situation where you're in the field unless it's a do or die mission we got it. We, you know we got to get the job done mission accomplishment is everything. But how are you supposed to accomplish a mission if you are never recharging your back? So with that, I say retract. Take a break and don't work through your child. Eat your lunch in the car. Eat your lunch with people that you can have a conversation with to bring your morale back up. Or my favorite, yeah. if, you know, you don't always have to come in early. And if you're going to come in early, you don't always have to stay late. Retract, even if you can't do that. Come on, go to the bathroom. And you see it all the time. We've all seen it. You know, the person that's been in the bathroom for so long. Take a moment to get yourself together. Allow yourself to process things. You know, step outside, and I came in that, and that's one thing that we tend to do a a lot, especially as the strong is that we're gonna stick it out. How can you stick it out when you don't even have feet to stand on the cold anymore? Take a step back focus. When you are able to take a step back, allow yourself to refocus. It's been so many situations where something has happened, and I went to my car during my lunch, and sat in there and allow myself to one resonate with going on, One, to allow myself to process what's going on, and we do this a lot right here. Say somebody says, "Hey, you know, I need you to go see uh someone. I need you to go see the CEO." Right, you walk into the CEO's office, thinking to yourself, "Like, okay, what would he need to talk to me about? What is the situation? What's going on?" You're going over scenarios, and that refocus right there, or imagine this right now, just like what we said. You've been on the rifle range before. We sit there. We're not missing the shot or our, our our eyes start to blur a little bit. We need to refocus on the target. Yeah.
0: Beautifully said, mate. Beautifully said. And I couldn't agree more. I love the retract part as well to kind of pull back because that gives you that little bit of self-awareness that sometimes you forget about and and you can get a little bit emotional about things as well. And as you feel that emotion rising, that reaction to retract kind of quells that and then. Let's you introduce a little bit more rational thinking to it as well, especially when you're getting a bit tired or things are not going your way or there's problem after problem and bushfire after bushfire that you're going to go and put out. So I love that retract one. I want to close out the podcast by talking about finding your peace, because I think that's a a really important thing that everybody can benefit from. And um, I I know for me, when I transitioned out of the military, I felt like uh, I'd made a bit of a mistake. Um, I felt like I just got out too soon. I had another four or five years in me. Um, and for various different reasons, I, I left. And really at the end of the day, I was the one that said, put my hand up and said, oh, I'm out of here. And then I got out and I was like, damn, I, I don't think I was actually finished with that job. I think I wanted to do more. Mm. And, and then my mates were going overseas and they were deploying. And I was like, oh my God, I turned the TV on a couple of times and I've seen them on TV in Afghanistan and in Iraq and stuff like that. And I was like, what the hell? And, I, and, and I, felt like, I felt like my transition out of the military, I felt like I'd let my mates down. And when I'd seen some of my mates when they, uh, when they were back, I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I feel like I let you, and they're like, man, you didn't let anybody down. What are you talking about? Go and have your life, go and have your life with your, with your missus and your family and your children and stuff like that. Don't worry about getting blown up or shot up or something stupid like that. Just go and have your life. And that really helped me a lot. And that helped me to find a little bit of peace in my life where I I didn't let anybody down. I felt like I'd let myself down and I I had more in me. I could have done more. And uh, I think all of us face different types of challenges in our life where there's an unsettled feeling that you have, and it's t- not until you make peace with that unsettled part of you that you really start to make progress. And you describe that beautifully in the book. You tell your story in there as well, and
1: maybe you can talk to that a little bit for us. With it was the ability, the feeling of always feel, the feeling of inadequacy. I always felt inadequate. I always felt like I just wasn't good enough. And and we and, and being is not help. The problem right there, because you're constantly competing. You want to be the best one all the time, and I felt like I was, but at the same time, I felt like I wasn't. And I would feel like I was when, you know, I would shoot higher than they would, and you know, I would run faster. You know, my Marines are a lot more disciplined than yours. But then I would realize that obviously I'm not that good because you're about to get promoted before me. You're about to continue to make progress within your career. Unfortunately, I'm not. Now I completely understand. We're in two promotion rates is completely different why do you get it more than me? And, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what will bother me a lot. And this is the first thing that I really want everyone to understand is that a lot of times we cause the stress within our lives. We over here at the restaurant waiting for our food to come, but because of our impatience, we start to see everybody else whose food's coming. We don't know when they always see us as they were pinned on or whatever the situation was. I know in my heart that I can do it better. I know in my heart that I deserved it more. And I was not at peace with me. And the problem when you're not at peace with yourself, you can be successful, but you're not successful to yourself. And I was. People would look at me and they would just feel so like, wow, I wish that I could be you. And I'm like, well, you're the only one that feels like that because I wish I wasn't me. I wish I was you. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase. I just wish that I had your job. It must be nice. And those are the things I used to say. And I remember being in formations. I remember when I would go up to congratulate other people. And because I never had peace within me, I would shake people's hands. And I would look at them like, must be nice. Wish this was me instead of you. And I felt so hollow about that. And then I would come home. And I had a newborn son. My wife, I had watched my wife give birth to him. But I was not happy within me. And I would sit out in front, outside of my house, in my car. And I would just sit there with my head on the steering wheel and I would say things like, is this just going to happen? What's going on? And, I, and I'm and i not a religious man, but I try, to, I try to create some type of connection with me and God. Ask God, because I'm blunt with it. The same way that I talk now is the same way that I talk to the man above. And I used to just sit back and just hold the steering wheel and be like this. God, am I a joke to you? Is that what this is? Is this what we're doing? We, we 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 give, we we put all of these rounds inside of this, you know, we give the fire extinguisher power, but the frame is made of paper mache. Is that what it is? I can never really go as far as you want me to go. And I used to pray about it. I remember I would go in the bathroom, turn the shower off, because I knew how hard I was about to pray. And I knew that that pray was turned into a cry. And I would find myself sometimes in the middle of the night crying on the side of the tub while the shower would come. So that way nobody in the house could hear me because I just was not at peace with Spend so. a lifetime trying to search for something that's not there when in reality we need to heal something that is currently infected. And the problem was is my spirit was infected. It wasn't my inadequate, it wasn't my promotion problem. It wasn't the retention problem. It wasn't my family's problem, nor was it my friend's problem. My spirit was infected. And until you heal, that's what I really should name the chapter, heal, heal your peace. Instead of find your peace, because I'm searching for it, but I can't find it because it's right in front of me. And even when I did get promoted, even when I was able to reenlist, that problem came back up again. And when that problem came back up again, this is when I went back in the exact same depression. I went back and had the exact same anxiety attacks. I started drinking the exact same type of liquor, the exact same type of amount, and the exact, you know, you know, what I mean? you know the exact same patterns. And it was because I didn't heal. I didn't heal right. All I did was just aggravate an injury that I had previously had. So when we talk about find your peace, finding your peace is really learn your peace. It's really create your peace because that's the thing that we need to do is that humans by trade, we're creators. We're not finders. We create. We're, not only, we're the only creature on earth that does not adapt to our environments. We make our environments adapt to well. us. And that's exactly what it is. You trying to adapt to the piece, but in reality, you need to make that piece adapt to you. And that's what that chapter is about.
0: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Mate, congratulations on writing the book and getting all of those thoughts on onto paper and sharing that with the world. I know that that's gonna help a lot of people. And I know that you've got so much more to give and and so much more to share. And there's a part two, there's a course in there, there's a masterclass. There's a bunch of things in there for you as well. And I can I know that there's some cool. great things coming down the pipeline for you there as well. Meech, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: All right, and just like that, once again, if you want to just reach me, follow me on Instagram at Meech Speaks, Meech is spelled M-E-E-C-H, stay healthy. Or you can follow me on the podcast at Extraordinary Thoughts Flooring Their mind. Awesome. And if you're listening to this podcast, just
0: take a, a little peek at your phone and all of the links to your socials, his website and his podcast are going to be right there for you. So you don't have to go digging around in Google for them at all. Before I let you go, mate, I've uh, just got to say thank you so much again for coming on the show. Congratulations on getting that book out and out of your head and uh, onto paper and out into Amazon and whatnot as well. And the link for the book is right there in the show notes as well. So make sure you go and grab yourself a copy of that because I know you're going to love it and uh, you're going to get some benefit out of it. I can't let you go, mate, without giving you the opportunity for the parting shot, the parting wisdom. What have you got for us, mate? And just like that,
1: another extraordinary thought left this ordinary mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Half as much as I enjoyed making it, you know, trying not to get emotional, trying not to get emotional. Just hearing you talk to me about the book is just, you know, it just, I never thought that I'd be here. You know, I really, I never thought that this would be me. And I really just want to tell somebody who's got that idea within their head, it's consistency that really is the key. You know, we can do it one time. And I wanted to say this in the very beginning that I actually quit writing that book three times. And on the third time, I finally realized that you're going to have to continue to keep going. Yeah, you may not like writing, but you're actually getting better at it with each chapter. And I want somebody to know this right now. That if you really want the success world within you, that, you know, the vision that everybody else can't see, but you can see it. that passion that burns within you, but for some reason it just doesn't keep anybody else warm. It's got to be consistent. You got to continue to keep hammering that nail because you ain't going to get it on the first stroke. You're going to have to keep, you know, getting everything together until it's finally looking good enough for you to be able to put out there. And if you continue to stay consistent, you'll be able to accomplish the things that you never even thought that you would do. And I think that's the one thing that I will want to leave with anybody. Beautifully said,
0: mate. Consistency is the key. I love it. Thank you so much again for coming on the Goal Show. We look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Meach, just take a, a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his website and his socials are right there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and the details are right there in the show notes as well make sure you pop on over to Amazon and grab a copy of his book while you're there. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out to me at any time via the Goal In socials or you can send me an email at any time as well. Just visit goalin.com.au to find out some more. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time.